Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Man, I am not a fan of spring. It's warm, then it's freezing again. Make your mind up, Melbourne. I'll leave the house with a winter jacket on, you know, because it's freezing outside, and then all of a sudden at like maybe 9am, the sun comes out. Hello, what are you doing? And then you're like, oh, it's going to be a nice day. Awesome, I'll take the jacket off. Two minutes later, cold again. What's going on, man? I don't know, maybe I should move to Brizzy or something. This week on the podcast, I sat down with Pete Robinson, guitar player for Electric Mary and Russell Morris. Uh, Pete and I have a great chat. Uh, most notably, Pete tells a story which rivals any early touring story told so far on the podcast. So stick around for that one. It is a doozy. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Tuesday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. There is some coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on The Lion King, and then once they're dropped off at school, throw on Art of Touring. Now let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Secret agent. How much is that? Ah. Let me tantalize you. You are a top operative, back under deep cover on your most important mission. People are trying to kill you left and right. You meet this beautiful, exotic woman. Come on. I don't want to spoil it for you, Doug, but you rest assured, by the time the trip is over, you get the girl, kill the bad guys, and save the entire planet. Now you tell me, isn't that worth a measly 300 credits? Episode 22 of Art of Touring is brought to you this week by Recall. Are you looking for a holiday without the hassle of real life space travel? Are you sick of waiting at the space station for a cruiser that's late and takes over an hour to refuel before finally making the arduous four hour journey to a slum like planet which is as much charm as a three headed walrus? Then come to Recall where every aspect of your holiday will be perfect. We give you the memories of the most epic holiday you could ever imagine. Trust us, it won't lobotomize you. You'll only ever receive the best in A-grade memories at Recall. Don't settle for second-rate memory implants. At Recall, we guarantee you'll have the memory of a lifetime. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you would like to listen on your desktop, you can Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before I get into my conversation with Pete, I'd like to play a small portion of my favorite Electric Mary tune. It's called Let Me Out off the Definition of Insanity EP. Check it out. Thank you 
Here we go. There's a little preview of Let Me Out by Electric Mary. Now let's have a listen to my chat with the man behind that epic solo, Pete Robinson. Welcome to the Art of Touring, everybody. You are listening to the Sis Dog. I'm here uh, in Epping, and tonight I am joined by Pete Robinson. How are you, Pete? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. As as the microwave goes off, <laughs> dinner t- it's dinner time. It's dinner time, buddy. Yeah, we're going to tuck into a bit of uh, roast potatoes and uh, some steak a little later. Uh, fingers crossed. Anyway, uh, I can't um, I can't say I'm I'm the best cook in the world, but I'm not bad. I won't poison you or anything, so... Well, which is why we eat after the podcast is done, so that then I can't comment on the food, isn't <laughs> exactly it? Exactly right. That's why. You've found the secret. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, well, man, let's get stuck straight into it. Where sure. are you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in, in, a, in a town called Southport in England, and uh, came to Australia on the 10-pound POM scheme, I think they called it back then. Right. And where the whole family came out for... Ten pounds, and they they wanted they wanted emigrants. So it, it was the same thing that ACDC guys, all the young brothers, came out on, and everything. And yes, wow, you, I think they went to Sydney. We we came into we went to Brisbane, mm. stayed in a hostel there until we found a house to buy, and yeah. stayed there and lived there. And so that was 1972, showing my age. You came out in 1972. 72, yeah. And how old were you at the time? I was six. Six years old. Yeah. And so you had to leave, um, did you say London? No, it was Southport. Um, So it was northwest, so it's near Liverpool. Oh, okay. Yeah, up on the coast of the western coast, north. Yeah, right. It was a northerner. A northerner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can still kind of put on the accent a little bit. you know, we used to say things like, Sydney, Sydney are what they've done. No one knows what what that is. (laughs) That means, Sithy means look. Sydney. Sithy. Oh, Sithy. Yeah, it's got a TH. You probably can't, you can't, can't, it's, yeah. Oh, Sithy. Sithy, look what they've done. Sithy, what they've done. So you look, look what you've done. Oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you've still got some of those colloquialisms like up in the old noggin. Well, some of them. Only because, you know, well, my parents don't use them anymore, but my... My auntie and uncle still do. Yeah. And they probably still have pretty thick accents, so you could probably switch like from English accent well, to I, Aussie it, accent. Yeah, when I when I'm around English people I it, it I don't know I don't know why, it just comes back. Just but, comes back. You know. And yeah. it's always that the greeting is, Yeah right. You're yeah, right. you're right. You're right. I love that. Yeah, that's a northerner one. Yeah. I work with a, a, a an English uh, lady, um and whenever I see her I always make sure I, I use that greeting. Mm. All right, love. You're right. <laughs> yeah, see, there's there's different ones. You're right, love. That's more that's more down in London. Ah, oh. yeah, up there it's all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love. You know, anyway. Yeah. Well, I guess it's the I guess the correlation would be like you know how we call potato cakes potato cakes, but other places in Australia they call them scallops. Yeah, isn't that a fish? It's right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you in Brizzy before you made your way down to Melbourne town? Uh, I was there till 96, yep. doing and touring a lot while I was there. And then yeah. um, I moved to Melbourne in 96. Yeah. Yeah, right. Been here ever since. And, um, yeah, so were there any musicians in your family? 
my dad was a singer. He um he was he was in a band called the My Checks, not My Sex, the My Checks. The My Checks. And that was uh they were around in the sixties and they did a record together and uh nobody knows where that record is anymore. It was cut on vinyl, it was all done. Oh. And uh they toured they I think they well, they played all the places in Liverpool. They played the Cavern Club, all those where the Beatles played. And yeah. Um, they, from what he told me, they were just about to do a tour of, of Europe and England with the Hollies. Oh, wow. And um, But uh, it all, I'm not sure why, but it all fell through. And Dad, I think Dad stopped anyway because mm. we, you know, four kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so where are you on the pecking order? With, with I'm your- third down. Your second down. youngest, right? Mm. And um, so, just dad was a singer in a band, and no one else in the family really uh, have a. Well, I mean, mum can. Everyone can. Everyone's musical. My brothers, there's uh, my two older brothers are still playing in the band, bands. My uh, oldest brother's up. Uh, he's in Canberra. Okay, and he's uh, he's. I think he's still dabbling in stuff. I'm not sure. Mm. Dave, David, my other brother, is. Um, He's a bass player, and he's in Townsville, and he's in um, he's in two bands, Alienate and uh, Men in Black. Okay, which, uh, one's a cover band, and one's a blues band. Yeah, and nice. They're, they're very good. Yeah, very good. Oh wow! It's always interesting to find out, like, if you're just you know the black sheep of the family, you know, the only one no. playing music, or if you know there's a, there's others doing in it, you know, because yeah. I mean, for me, I uh, my both of my, I'm the youngest of three boys. And uh, the middle brother, Andy, he was kind of interested in music in high school. He played bass a little bit, but he yeah. was more um, uh, on the the actual painting vibe. Like yeah. he, he became a, uh, he's a, you know, he's a teacher now, but he studied fine art at university and okay. all that. So that was really his passion. But my oldest brother, Paul, was a bass player. Yeah. And I equate him being that in, in, you know, in my upbringing, why I kind of, kind of looked up to him a lot and, and mm. why I became a muso really you know that and the fact that my mum was a guitar teacher oh, okay um so it was just around me all the time you yeah know? so it's um or you know I speak to other um previous guests and they'll say yeah no I'm the only one I don't know where it came come from <laughs> a few generations ago maybe there was a lute player or something but um yeah there you go it's, there's always something in the family if yeah. you look far enough there's always something and so what um what drew you to the guitar? Like, why? Why the guitar? Well, I all I can think was I was uh, my um, my oldest brother, same as you. He was he was you know he, he was quite a few years older than me, and and always listened to music, and was always um, always had records on, and I'd I'd always go in and listen, and I'd be listening to it and going, wow, it sounds great, you know, and we'd 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 you know, air guitar and play tennis rackets in front yeah. of mirrors and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um and pretend we were the people and and uh and then one year I think well it was only I was only eight years old and my, my parents um bought me a guitar and I had no there was no I had no drive to go towards guitar or anything. They just bought me one for my birthday and I never put it down. Yeah, as I soon just, as you saw as it. As soon as I got it, I just never put it down. <laughs> Far out. Yeah, and I, I don't know why, it just... And if they became... hadn't bought it for you, who knows if you'd even picked it up? Don't know. Wow. Don't know how that would have happened. Well, we can thank them for that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> Most definitely. Mm. Far out. 
They may, they may have a different story. I may have said, <laughs> Mum, I want a guitar, but I don't remember doing it. You don't that. remember that? <laughs> In fact, actually, I do remember. I remember getting the, the guitar for, for my eighth birthday. Yes. And being, being a little snoop, I used to... Um, because I, I, I'd, I'd go, I wonder what they got me for my birthday. So I'd look under their bed because they used to hide things under their bed. Of course. And I saw this. I saw this box. You know how they used to come in those triangular shaped boxes. Indeed. And and my stupid brain was going, why would they buy me some flowers for? Because <laughs> I thought it was a box of flowers. <laughs> flowers. You know, in this. And that's what I thought. Anyway, it wasn't. It was a guitar. It was a guitar. It was. Thank goodness they they didn't have dreams of you becoming a florist. No. Although my, my oldest brother was a florist. <laughs> well, he worked in a in a wholesale florist place anyway. For a while there. For full a while. circle, right? Yeah, yeah, no, right. Far out. And so you pick up the guitar at eight. You can't put it down. Do you have a memory of your first gig, your first performance as a guitar player in school? Or was, maybe was it outside of school? Um, I used to get... No, I'd, I, I, uh, not in primary school. I used to play guitar all the time when I was in, you know, like I'd ne I never put it down. I just uh, started with acoustic, and there was no one teaching guitar. There, there was actually there was there was uh, a teacher at um, in my primary school, um, Graham Lee. His name was right, and he now plays or has been playing in the Triffids. I don't know if anyone knows the Triffids. They're, okay, they're a they're a Melbourne band. Mm. But I didn't know that he was playing in that band until I moved to Melbourne, and then Facebook came along, and and everyone and the friends of mine from school are friends with this Graham Lee guy. And I wonder if I said, I wonder if that's him, and that was yeah. him. And he's in a band called the Triffids, and right. he plays lap steel slide and everything. And he was the guy that taught me my very first chords on on the guitar. How about that? That's bizarre. <laughs> and have you had a chance to reconnect with him since I've, then? I've spoken to him online, yeah, but not. I've never. Caught up with him, no, Not but yet. he's in Melbourne, so I should. But yeah, yeah, have a beer with him, man. Yeah, crazy. If he wants to, he'd be he'd be <laughs> in his sixties, I think now. Yeah, right. And so, uh, um, yeah, but but yeah. my first gigs, I guess, were I I, I played at um, in high school. I played. Uh, was it? I played in school concerts a bit, you know. Just oh, yeah. I always did the backing guitar parts for people, and it's like in the jazz band or whatever in the ensemble jazz. groups. No, 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 no. Although it probably sounded a little bit jazzy. The stage band, or oh no, so you're saying more like if someone had a performance, you'd be their accompanist. Yeah, pretty much. And then, yeah. um, and then all the school musicals I used to do. And, oh, um, right on. And then my gigs. I think I did a gig. It was all our, all the brothers. Uh, it was me. Uh, I was playing rhythm guitar. I won't go into that story because that's my most my brother's thing. <laughs> but and uh, uh, David, my other brother, was playing lead guitar. Sure. And uh, Stephen was playing bass, and we had a guy from school playing drums. And we used to play at a. I was only probably thirteen, I think. Yeah. And we used to play just at a a leagues club up the road, and right. So that was our first gigs. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't really remember them. <laughs> no. Right. Right. But you know. But so was that? Did that band have a name? Uh, Eclipse. 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 I think it was Eclipse. Yeah. Yes. I love I hearing the names of the first bands. Well, it was. Yeah, I think it was. That's Eclipse. a pretty good one, man. I've heard some shockers, but Eclipse is pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Well, well, it's all right. I think back then it was all right. Then there was a period of the nineties where that's that. that Band name cool. didn't sound very good, but yeah. we, that was long before then. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. would have been seventy, seventy-eight, maybe seventy-nine. Perfect. Hmm. Yeah, and so you're playing in Eclipse with the brothers. 
Yeah. Um, at the Leagues Club. Now, what's a Leagues Club? Well, it's uh, yeah. I don't think in Melbourne you'd know, but the well, this was called South Sinala Leagues Club. Okay. Which was a Inala was a suburb of near where we lived, and South right. Sinala. It's like a rugby league. Rugby league club, so so, oh, so um, a footy club, yeah, footy club. Oh, but for rugby league, but for, yeah. Oh, I, I think, right. Uh, yeah, up there they were leagues clubs in. Um, I think they were RSLs or not RSL, but you know they call them something different here. I'm not sure. I don't know what they call things. Tavern, you know. Yeah, they were right. all different names, and and it was it was all but to it was do a pub. because Queensland it was rugby league, you know, New South yeah. Wales was rugby league, and then down here it was AFL. So. AFL, yeah, yeah, or VFL then. Well, that's right. I, I flipped out when I first travelled, like, with my family as a kid. We I think we went on, like, a road trip to Adelaide, and there was t- footy on the TV, but there were all these different teams. Yeah. And I'm like, who the What's this red jersey? What the hell's going on here? Mm. You know? But um, we, we never... I mean, we did holiday up in Queensland as well, but um, I don't have any, mem- any memories of the actual... Um, the sporting um, activities going on, but uh, the leagues club, and so you you did the gigs there. Yep. And then um, from there, uh, you you leave school, and yep. yeah, tell me about that. Like, um, did you join a band outside of like once you left school? Like, yeah, what was the progression? Well, there? I was I was always in bands in school. Like, I was we had a school band that not 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 at the because there was never music in school like I, I do remember I'll tell you this one story about um, I, this is what I think happened because <laughs> hmm. I didn't like sport I, I just didn't play sport and, and, and I knew of a lot of other people that didn't like doing it so yeah. during the, the last you know on a Friday afternoon there was always the two periods of when sport was you know and that's when everyone would do sport and sure. stuff and, and I just didn't want to do it so I just <laughs> I just said well can I do something else <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so I just used to, we just used to play guitar. I, I, that's yeah. that's my memory of it, and, and because there was no music in the in the school I was in, that's what we used to do. We right. just used to. There's used to be a well, probably about ten or fifteen of us, and we just play guitar. Yeah, which was great. Or they just watch me play guitar. I don't know how it all happened, but <laughs> <laughs> and we play Iron Maiden stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's all we ever used to do. Yeah. I think, I th- from memory, that's what I did. That sounds about right, man. Mm. Yeah. And then, well, after school, I I went straight into a job and got a job and, you know, still, yeah, I got a job. But I, but, but I, I, I only last, I lasted about five or six years and then I just quit that to, to go playing, um, play touring. Start touring. So start touring, yeah. So I, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to work. Yeah. So, who were those like early acts that you were touring with? Um, I got into a, I got to think now. <laughs> right. I started with a band in which was while I was still working, and they were called Wizard. Okay. And uh, which is different than the Melbourne Wizard. Right. There was a Wizard. We were just, but it was just a cover band. We ju- we just used to play around, and we, I mean, the the most we would tour would probably be Northern New South Wales. We never okay. went, never really went interstate. It was just it was just around Brisbane and yeah. Gold Coast, Northern New South Wales, and that. Yeah. Then um, I quit that band, and I was in an original. Oh, quit. Um, sorry, quit. Uh, well, I was in other bands as well, which were like real heavy metal bands. There was one called Trooper. Trooper. <laughs> I wonder where that was named from. Yeah. And um, uh, then there was another one called, 
something else and I can't remember. There was a lot of bands. I just can't remember. There was there was quite a few bands. You were in and out of bands, out, like every yeah. summer, I mean, like, you okay. To, yeah, I'm sick of this. So I need to go somewhere else. But as far as touring goes, I, I got into this band called um, uh, Jag. Yeah, how did you spell Jag? Double J-A-G. Double. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say double G, like J-A-G-G, but no, no double J. Yeah. I, think, I think whoever came up with the name had a bit of a stutter and just went, uh, why are we... J-Jag. <laughs> okay, let's go with that. I'm not Fantastic. sure. I joined the band. It was still already called Jag. So, yeah, and this so was still up in Bris Vegas? Up in, up in Brisbane, yeah. We, yeah. Um, and we, we did a bit of... Um, we called it the Milk Run up there. It was... Um, you just start in Brisbane work your way up through the country towns and get all the way to Cairns and then come down yeah. the coast and do, you know, all the um, Cairns, Townsville. It, sound, it sounds exotic, but, man, it was a pain. <laughs> because, you know, you, you, you're, you're finishing a show in mm. one town, mm. pack your gear up, yeah. load the PA out because you had to drive the PA there as well. Yeah. Get in the car and drive to the next venue so that because you had to do a lot of overnighters, you mm. know, just, just to... Just to get there because the, the, they were eight the hour drives a lot of them were eight hour drives really far nine away. hours 10 12 you know man living in australia being a touring musician i i really envy characters who do the same gig you know like in europe yeah it's like they could drive for an hour and you're in another country i know and and the thing the thing when when you know i've been back to england a few times just to, to yeah. you know to visit family and stuff and and you just you just say to to you know my auntie or uncle and say we're just we're just going to drive over to um to York you know and they go what what the hell are you driving there for it's so far away yes. and it's like three hours away yeah <laughs> I don't get it no, it's, you know you can get there in three hours it's yeah. not that far no oh but, my god they have, yeah they living in Australia we certainly have a, a a a healthy respect for how far away things can be yeah uh wow man yeah and so yeah you so you you've man you have cut your teeth in your 20s um smashing out band after band after band just hopping on one tour to the next covers originals metal w- w- what have you um and then you you eventually make your way down here to melbourne hang on it gets worse okay i'm skipping ahead please <laughs> continue that that was just i mean there were quite a few bands uh, that that did you know it, Pretty much every band that I was down uh, up in Brisbane for, we did that milk run. That's that's just what you did, you know. Right. You, you, you did that tour, and it was it was all all the time. And you know, there was there was other bands that I that I played played up there in, and and we we you know do the run. But but a lot of the times, you know, it was all done on on you know a shoelace. You know, you just yeah. you just had no money. There was never any money coming through from anywhere, and. Um, and because there was no mobile phone, there was no um, every every whenever if, if if there were any problems with a with a show or something got cancelled, yeah, the agency had to ring it through to the venue you were playing at the night before, right. <laughs> okay. hoping that you would get the message. And and all the time you'd be ringing, and if it's a weekend, you know, you'd have to make phone calls from a from a phone box. At a uh, petrol station, you were stopped at. Yeah, you know, and all, there was a lot of 
it was so hard. It was much the logistics harder. Logistics would have been so much more yeah, difficult. It was terrible. And also, you're away from home, and you don't have, you know, if you have a girlfriend or some of them had wives, you know, you, mm. you're away for three weeks, and you yeah. have no contact. You just have no contact with at home. You know, you, unless until you get to a. A, a pay phone and you put money in and you you make a phone call. Yeah, and you hope that they're home or not down at the shops. Yeah, yeah. Or, you, you know, because, well, you just kind of make time. You make the time when you're going to call. You say, I'll call you at this time and they make sure they're home. And Yeah, right. Know, so it was just a completely different way of touring. And oh, and a lot, of the, a lot of the time there was... Um, you know, there's always shared shared rooms, and yeah. sometimes there wasn't even a bed, so you'd be sleeping on the floor. Right. Um, and I I do remember this one tour. This was this was kind of uh, would have been early '90s, I think. There mm. was this band where um, um, I won't mention. Well, did I mention the name? Lenny Driftwood and the Pile Drivers, we were called. Okay. <laughs> and um, it was it was actually a really good band. I did enjoy playing in that band, but yeah. There was there was one tour we did where we had to we had to go from where the singer lived, which was in uh, just near Byron Bay, and right. we drove to Cairns. But we did it. <laughs> Hang on, a, Byron Bay to Cairns to Cairns. Yeah, twenty one hours it was. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And but that's not the worst part. The no. worst part was we had we there was no, um, you know, there was only the truck and a car. That and, was it, and yeah, the truck with the PA in it and the mm. car, and so there were two or three of us, and being me being one of them because it was the young guys that was that were the the ones that were put in the. Uh, I'm assuming that's how it was. I'm sorry mm. if anyone from Lenny Driftwood and the Pile Drivers is listening, <laughs> and and we but we'd have we'd be lying on top of the PA in the back of the truck. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, on for 21 hours. <laughs> But the truck was like an enclosed truck. Enclosed truck. All it had was a you, you could push, you could push um, a, 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 man, a manhole type thing yes. up the top. Which so there was some natural yeah, sunlight. Yeah, so you could in. you could stick your head up and just breathe some fresh air. You couldn't contact the cabin to say I want to go to the toilet. Oh my god! So you had to while it's going up, you know the the whatever that road, Bruce Highway. Yeah. Go climb down the PA, the stacks <laughs> of PA, to to where the door is, and just. Just do a piss, just in the crack of the door. Through so the door, <laughs> so it would go. <laughs> oh you tell the young God. people to do that, and you, they won't believe you. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, if that truck rolled, I would not be here right now. Wow! And you just did that run once. That was that. I only did it once. I, I, I flew back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just if all the money I made because what we had a three week three week residency in. At the playpen in Cairns, yes, and that's why we were going up there for that. Yeah, and um, so so <laughs> all the money you'd made for the three weeks you blew uh, yeah. on the plane trip. I home. just I just went. I I can't do that, so I, I flew home. That I will never complain about tour <laughs> conditions ever again as long as I live. <laughs> At least I wasn't Axel Foley in the back of a truck yeah, for twenty-one it was, hours. It was pretty full on, but oh you my know, god, the things you do, dude! Wow, I mean. Usually I'll, I'll you know prefix prefix it with you know oh can you tell me a crazy road story but I didn't even have to mate you pulled one out of the bag early on <laughs> in the podcast not sure how we're going to top that but that is wow that's in- incredible mm. I'm still just processing how ridiculous that is yeah it was pretty pretty bad and so obviously they would stop every what hour or so so yeah that they there knew... were there were stops I yeah. actually I, I 
a lot of that shut out of my my memory because I probably wanted to shut it out because it was yeah. it was a bit harsh, you know. Yeah, it was man. horrible. But you know, you look back and laugh now. Yeah, of course, <laughs> because we didn't die. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could have been mm. a lot different I story. Know, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and so those guys, um, you did that run of shows with them. Yep. And then and then where did you end up? What what happened after that? Uh, in the Pete Robertson story. Jesus. Well, there was a few other bands. I'm not. Sh- I actually can't remember. There was there was quite a few other bands that I just played in and didn't play in. Then there was you know I was in I was in a few original bands. I was in a band called. This was earlier than that. This I was in a band called Vice, which was a kind of a heavy Motley Crueish type of a band. Oh, cool. At the time. Yeah. That was that was '88. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, where did I go then? Then there were other bands. Well, actually, I left Vice to join JAG, so right. that's that's when I started the big the touring part of my life. Was yeah. was it was eighty nine? Okay, the big touring part. And yeah. then you know I was in bands all the time around then. It was only seven years of real touring in Queensland, and then right. In ninety six, yeah, came down, came, came down, down to here, Melbourne. And so, what made you come to Melbourne? Well, I was in, I was in a band up up in Brisbane. I, I just, I just had, I didn't really have any. There was nothing happening for me, you know. I, I, sure, I, there was a band, an original band I was in. Mm. You know, I, I, it was a great band. You know, everyone. It was, it was good. I just didn't see anything happening. You know, I was in right. Brisbane. This is all pre. Pre Powderfinger and and um, Regurgitator and all those bands, so they, Regurgitator from Brizzy, yeah, and oh, and, wow. and they kind they kind of came out just after I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I went, damn, I missed the boat. I should have hung around. One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I knew I did know the guys in Powderfinger because I used to work in a in a place. Um, I, I did get another. I had a few odd jobs, and there was there was a job I used to have, which was in a. I used to make road cases for for music for bands and yeah, so all guitar cases and foam them out and everything. And and I remember. But just before Powderfinger went on their first big tour, yeah, um, they came in and got all their all road cases built. So yeah, is and this it like was parables for wooden ears. Era? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. I think that had, no, that actually was just out, and I think I was. Ta- I remember talking to Bernard Fanning, and and he was just he was a bit dirty on the music industry. He was just going, oh, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what's going on. He was just a bit down. Yeah, this was back then. Yeah, this was back then. And then all yeah. of a sudden, they, you know, well, I mean, Parables didn't really do much, but, but no, you know, yeah, after yeah. that was, um, was that... Uh, Double Allergic or International? Well, they was... had, do you remember the song Reap What You Sow? No. That was, uh, I think that kind of broke it huh. for them, which was, but, but that was pre, pre the big hits. But it was it was just after Par- I think it was just after Parables, and it was just before the big hits. And they had this song called "Reap What You Sow," or okay. it might have been on Parables. I'm not sure. Right. But Parables was a little bit muso. Mm. I remember that that album having a few odd tempo changes and yeah, yeah, you know, time signatures and things. So I I I think that's probably why it didn't, you know, because Double Allergic was there. I think I'm. I mean. Jeez, if we're getting this wrong, I mean, look, I could just look it up. Well, we could. I know <laughs> this. This is uh, I, I'm stealing this from um, from Mark Merrin because he does the exact same thing. He's one of my favourite podcasters. Yeah. And if he ever wants to um, fact check on the go, he um, he just googles it, and uh, it'll tell you 
So, albums, view 10 more. Yes, I want to view all of them. Parables, double allergic. Yeah, yeah. okay. There I, it is. I, well, just, there it is. It'd be interesting to see when... Or what was on it? It doesn't matter. This is about me, not about them. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love it. But no, you, you were talking to him anyway, and yeah, he was a bit disgruntled about well, it's, the it. It seemed that way. That's the way I took it. He might not have been, but it, that's yeah. just the way I took it. And you know, and and I guess I guess all of those things made my decision a bit you know a bit easier. I, I really at that point didn't know that I wanted to move to Melbourne though. But but but. Just, just him saying that, and a few, a lot of other things, you know, mm. that, were, that weren't happening around at the time, and you know, money. I'm just going, oh, you know, it's really hard to make any money. You know, I was, yeah. all I was doing was making road cases. I mean, it was, I was paying my rent, but that's about all it was doing. So, right, I met this girl. Mm. It, um, I'd been single for a while, and I met this girl, and um, she was from Melbourne, mm. and um, she was. She got into uni, uh, but but and she was moving to Brisbane, but because her sister lived there, mm. and then she got the call saying she was moving back to Melbourne to to go to uni because she wanted to. She applied, but didn't think she'd get in. But anyway, she got in, ah. and I just went Melbourne. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder. We don't. We hadn't known each other for very long. Sure. And I. So I just thought, why not? I'll give it a try. So I came down for a couple of weeks, had a look. I loved it. So yeah, decided I was going to move and had no. Didn't know anybody. Only her. I yeah. didn't really know anybody else. Didn't know any musos down here. Nothing. I just had this plan of um, getting a. Um, I wanted to get a job in a music shop. <laughs> I just had this grand plan because <laughs> they're easy to get. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so that, but but that was my plan. And yeah. My plan was to get in, get a job in in a music shop that a lot of people would go to, or a lot of guitar players would go to. So then I could network with them. You know, yeah. get, maybe get a gig. So sure. So that that was my plan. It took a few years for that plan to take hold. Yeah. Meanwhile, I got into a cover band. You know, just playing. It's funny. I had I had hair down to my top of my my ass. Yeah. And and I'm playing in a dance band. <laughs> <laughs> I cut it all off. Yeah. Right. And had just this the spiky black hair of the '90s. You know that that sort of thing. That whole look. That yeah. Look. And I got into a grunge band. <laughs> well, I've done that ass about, haven't I? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the so, wrong way. Yeah. And so, um, but but I got I got a job in a music shop because you did because I um I was on they called it New Start back then which was you know the your dull payments yeah and um and they just said look you've been on for too long you got to go and do a course or something so I did a retail course which why would anyone want to do that but uh, yeah yeah but through that course they um they say you've got to do um you know work work placement placement thing so yeah. so I um I only knew of one shop which was near where I was living which was called Sindel Music. Right, and um, I knew of that shop because of a guy called um, um, because of the singer in the band, the dance band I was playing. I had I was having problems with my amp, and she said, "Take it to this guy. He works at Sindel Music. Ah. He's named Dave Albrick." And um, ah, Albrick, yeah, and he um, so he was just he was the tech at this shop, right? And so I I just was taking my amp in there and taking my guitars in to get set up and everything, and sure. and then um, I I knew the the owner of the shop as well, Steve, and and I just said, "Oh." I've got to do work placement. Can I come and work for a couple of weeks? You don't have to pay me. You can if you want, or you know. And so um, he said, "Sure, come in." Mm. So um, I did that, and while I was there, um, Jack Jones came in, uh, Stuart Fraser came in, <laughs> Tommy Emmanuel came in. Oh my god! <laughs> and I went while well, you were there. While I was there, and I'm like, "This is the place I want to work." So yeah. so um, he offered me a job at the end of that, and I, I was working part time. Then he put me on full time, and yeah, and then um, and through that. Stuart Fraser 
um, was working with this girl called Marie Wilson. And at the time, she this was 98. Okay. And she had um, she just had a big single called uh, Next Time. Right. And uh, it, it, did, it did quite well in the charts and everything. Yeah. And she was, she was wanting to do a big tour, like a tour around Australia to, to promote the album and do all of that. And Stuart Fraser at the time was playing with uh, John Farnham. Wow. And so he, he just said, you know, would you be interested in doing that? Yeah. And I said, well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, a, I got the gig with her and yeah. did that tour. Wow, around Australia, and I had to went back onto the the good thing is with that with Sindel Music though that they, whenever I wasn't touring, mm. he just let me come back in and work and come back and work. Yeah, mate, you had the dream. I had I had I had it perfect. You know, wow. I was touring, I was touring, and yeah. then coming back, and I'd ring him up and I'd say, "Tour's finished." And he said, "Oh, you want some days?" So yep. I'd go back in and work and work <laughs> until the next tour. Until the next tour, yeah. Wow, and so that's ninety six. Well, that was ninety. That was ninety eight. Ninety eight to ninety nine, and then, and then I got, I got in a band called Sneak, which yeah, was man. with um with Andrew Grant and Ricky Ray and mm-hmm. the likes and Phil Buckle from Southern Sons, indeed, and uh, started touring with them. Yeah, and this is where I first see you on stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, with Sneak. Oh, right. Uh, in at uh, the Evelyn Hotel. With short, spiky black hair. With short, spiky black hair, Pete. Yeah, there you that go. was it, man. Yeah, and I have very fond memories. My wife and I would come to the Ev. Uh, I think we even saw you possibly at like the Espy as well. The Did gigs. We play? I'm not sure if we maybe not the Espy. We used to definitely play the Evelyn. I know. Yeah, that for we played sure. the Evelyn all the time. All the time. Yeah, that was like your home base. Yeah, um, and. Uh, I had the single for Feel Like I Do. That was 2002. <laughs> yeah. Because I listened to it today in the car. Oh, God. Because I've still got it on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I mean, yeah, you, you guys, I just distinctly remember um, seeing Andy. I didn't actually see Andy sing with Sneak first. I saw him doing covers. Yeah. Um, opposite, I think it was Swinburne, Swinburne Uni. Um, in Hawthorne, they have a pub, like it's like the place, the pub where all the uni students would go. Yeah. You know, it's like the uni bar. I think I I, I did that with him a few times you, too. I probably saw you then the same yeah. day. And yeah. I, I was there for a uni gig because I was studying music at the time and I saw this dude singing and uh, I was like, oh man, this guy's out of control. Mm. What a set of pipes. Yeah. You know, and this was before I heard him do his own thing. This was doing the covers, you know. Mm. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, p- I put two and two together and then started coming to see you guys play at the Ev. But, um, yeah, tell me about that band, man. I want to hear the stories because I know well a little bit of the history, but... It started with... Um, um, well, well a- Andrew, Andy Grant and, and Phil Buckle, were ri- they were writing songs together. This was before I was any... And I, I knew of Andrew Grant just from when I was playing in... Um, I didn't. I never heard him sing, though. Mm. Everyone was saying how incredible this guy is and, mm. you know, Chris Cornell of Melbourne, you know. And, and so <laughs> yeah. so um, I'm th- I'm going, wow, you know, that must be, he must be pretty good because he was in that band Grunt and I was a, a cover band called Grunt and I was in um, a band called Hard Copy, which was the grunge band I was in mm. and um and so a cover band hard copy yeah yeah I remember that and so um 
it was oh, what was how, well, how did all this happen? That's that's how I heard of Andrew Grant. But then you know through time, the cover scene, through the cover scene, and then then time passed, and um, then I got that gig with Marie Wilson, and that's when I, I left Hard Copy and toured with that, and um, then while I was where was I? I was I was doing I was at a rehearsal room rehearsing with Marie Wilson and this guy Neil Fagan was there Neilo and um he he I got to know him he was a keyboard player at the time right and so I got to know him and he'll come into the story later on as well yeah another band down the track and um and he he knew Andrew Grant and Andrew Andrew was looking for a guitar player for Sneak, ah. and so he told Andrew about me, mm. and then Andrew called me, and that's how. And and I went in for an audition. You know, there was some. Um, I think it was me, and there was another guy. I think his name was Felix, and he used to play with Andrew all the time. He hmm. used to a duo gig with Andrew. Yeah, and um, and so um, I got the gig with 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 them, and so. And that's how that happened. That's how that happened. Hmm. Yeah. So I got the, I got the, and then, but the, the, the album had pretty much been written. There was a whole album written yeah. at that time, which yeah. had, uh, which the two singles came from, which was "Everything Is Green" and and um, and another thing. There was two singles that that oh. that came from. So that was the initial album, but the album never got released because it was it was being put through. Oh, there's record company rubbish, all mm. that record company rubbish. Um, it was through Festival Mushroom, I think. All okay. that, all that was going on, and and they 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 released uh, Everything Is Green. It did really, really well. Mm. We were touring at the time, and we we were hearing that it was doing quite well. It was at number thirteen or something on the charts. Amazing. And, and um and then they they want they say we want to drop the next single. We we thought it was going to be. Uh, a song called "Gets Me Up," which was which ended up being on the soundtrack of a movie, but but it mm. was um, but it never got. It, they didn't do that when they did uh, a song called "And Another Thing," and um, it just they didn't push it. They didn't, you know. Mm. The record company was starting to, I don't know, do things, and I don't yeah. know. I really don't know the ins and outs of all of that, but it just yeah. didn't work. So didn't work. No. So so we got we got angry, <laughs> <laughs> and um. And that album never got released. So there's a whole album of songs which I think are incredible songs, but they yeah. just never saw the light of day. And I've still oh, got really? the album at home, and I listen to it all the time because I love it. Yeah. Phil Buckle's writing is just oh, in insane, control. you know. But yeah. the, the, the funny thing is with that with that band though, I know this is about touring, but this is about guitar playing now. No, dude. I mean, the, the podcast was called Art of Touring, but it, literally it is just the name because I mean. Obviously, I asked the question, oh, you know, what were your touring days like? But it's all wrapped up into it, man. Yeah. You know, the Muso stories um, is what it's all about. Well, well, what happened was when I when I got when I first joined Sneak, I got I got um, Andy gave me the the C, the CD of the songs. Sure, he said he go learn this and then you know and and um, I. I, I <laughs> had to go and rehearse with them in a, in about a week's time. You know, yeah. all these songs, and I'm listening to them going. None of this makes sense. Huh. I can hear open strings, and yet that's not an open string on a normal guitar. <laughs> right. So, so I I ring Andy and I say, "What key are these songs in?" And and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you better ring Phil." So I ring Phil, and I go, "Phil, <laughs> what's going on with these songs? I'm trying to learn them." And he went, "Ah, oh, okay. I think you better come over." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I drive to his house, and um, um. He says, okay, now I want you to tune your guitar like this. <laughs> right. E string down to C. Okay. Uh, G string down to F sharp. Okay. No, A string down to J F sharp, sorry. 
D string up to E flat, G string down to F. Oh man. The the B and the E string both at B flat. Okay. So try and work that out. I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I, I did all of that, and then he sh- then I I learned how to play guitar again. <laughs> it was unbelievable. He's showing me all these chords, and but I'll tell you what, when I started playing the songs and we played them together, it sounded incredible. It, it sounded really like, cool. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And were all of the songs in that every key? single song was in was in that tuning. So I had to okay. learn. Well, That's like least... I said, and and you can't you can't guitar solo. Where does your head go? You're going okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean. So we had to. A lot of the solos were were written, or, or well, actually, Phil had written, uh, played solos because he was so used to that tuning because that's how he always tuned his guitar. Well, so okay, it, so it was or, just normal for it him. It was just normal for him. But yeah. you know, so so he said, okay, you you do this solo. So I had to learn his solos <laughs> <laughs> because I just I wouldn't even know how to how to improvise in that tuning. So I just didn't. No. So um, anyway, that's that's how that all came about. Wow! And that's what made a lot of those songs sound different, you know. And and, yeah. and I remember um, there's a few guys from Hard Copy used to come and watch Sneak all the time. And oh they, yeah! And they just say, "Man, what are you playing?" <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, <laughs> actually, let me tell you this. Yeah. So yeah, there was a few there's a few things out there. Oh, but um, man. I eventually um, because Phil Phil ended up um. Not leaving. He was still part of the band, but he mm. but he 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 left. Okay, and we got a, we got another guy in to to replace him. But he was still writing songs for, with us and and that. And um, yeah. we got a guy called um, can't remember. Anyway, so mm. we got we got other members in, and and they um, uh, there was another album written, or not an album, an EP written. Okay. Um, which was a real, and that's when we got angry. That was when the record company failed, and we got angry. And it was yeah. it, they had song. It was a song called "Bug" on there. It was really, really heavy. Yeah, right. Dark because we were angry. Yeah, and um, yeah, but that was fun. That was that was a good era. I thought of of Sneak. It was oh, great. Sneak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so uh, yeah, Glenn Capellani. The other guitar player. Yeah, right on. And um, so he joined, and then um, and we we actually toured a lot. With that band, mm. uh, actually, Glenn's first show with us was on Rove. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. The, oh, wow. Yeah, so he thought he, he was thinking, "This is great." Oh my this God, we're on the TV. And then I think the next show we did was in Shepparton, so he didn't really <laughs> like that too much. <laughs> so yeah, the ups and downs, eh? Yeah, it wasn't fun. For him. Oh man, but uh, I I really did enjoy playing in that band. It was oh, a dude. lot of fun. It was a it was a great band. I really enjoyed. Um, going to see it um at the ev and uh i remember the the my my clearest memory of sneak was the feel like i do single launch oh yeah um where i bought this the single and you had the i didn't get one but you had those shirts where the the logo of the band was like oh, down, down here yeah down like yeah. at the bottom of the t-shirt i know i don't know where that came that from that was bizarre i thought I it was really cool but i i didn't pick one up maybe i just only had the coin for the you know for the actual cd yeah. obviously our promotion wasn't that great cuz what if you tuck your shirt in <laughs> right <laughs> see the name of the band yeah oh man but no that was such a great band and so um it eventually folded, and and why did the band um, um, call it quits? Well, well, we we did a um, everything got um, well. Glenn left, 
um, first, and then okay. and then um, our bass player went as well, Eden, mm. and um, and we were writing songs for that for the feel like I do it for that album. Yes, and um, and they left in the middle of the songwriting well, well, process bef- before. Um, uh, well, Glenn left well before, okay. and then then Eden Eden left. Um, during, not, he kind of never even started. We kind of kind of start no he didn't really start with us so he, mm-hmm. he'd left as well but we didn't because because what had happened was um uh, there was a record company had signed as uh, uh, called zomba um okay they signed us up and um and because we we knew the guy he 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 saw and he loved the band he really really loved the band yeah and so he signed us up and he was the head of the company and perfect and so um but we didn't tell him that all our members were leaving because <laughs> we didn't want we didn't want that. So Screw we just we just deal, went yeah. to we went up to Riddles Creek, which is where uh, Ricky Ricky's studio is now. Yeah, and um, we just played and we just we just played. You know, and I, I, I was, I'd actually at the time adapted uh, Phil's tuning to a to a, a more more playable way of, for me to play so I could still right. do solos so I, I tuned my my E and my A string to C and F sharp okay and then the rest was all in normal tuning right <laughs> so you kind of still have that so I could solo Phil Buckle crazy rips. vibe but yeah. still play. yeah right yeah. <laughs> so uh, but we but fortunately we we stopped playing a lot of the older songs you know so so I didn't need to use that tuning anyway yeah so um, then, uh, we ended up getting another bass player in. We were just going to go as a four piece, just yeah. to, without another guitar player. Yeah. And we so we got a bass player in, and um, and then uh, during the recording of the record yeah. of that, that album that Feel Like Ida was on, we um, Andy got uh, John Barra in to play keys, and he ended up being a, a member of the band as well. So right. So that ended up being the band, and and we we uh, we did that album, and it's a, I, I really love that album. It's a great album, and, and mm. I, I like it because it was more the band written album rather than yeah. you know, Phil. Even though Phil had some songs on there, and you know, it was it was still it was all you know, it was a it was a combined effort with everybody, but there was yeah, a lot more yeah. of the band on there, so it was good. Because they had what well, I like, uh, feel like I do on it, obviously, Party mm. Girl as well. And uh, drive the it, bus. Oh yeah, drive the bus. Oh, was drive song. the bus on it? On the well, album? I mean, I know it's it on, was the, on single. the single. Yeah, it was on the single. Whether it's on the album, I, I, I couldn't tell it you. It was on the album. Man, the drive the bus song. It's a slow yeah. build and it's so rad, man. It's one of my favorite tunes. <laughs> you should have heard it before. It was that. Really? It was. It was just a dan It was just a punk song. Oh, really? And then, then Andy just went, "Nah, let's just play it. Let's just like." Slow it, slow it right down. down yeah. Empty the, empty it out, and just you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Oh no, that's I a cool like track, that song man. too. We used to play that live like that all the time, and and the last tour we did, yes, as that band was supporting Midnight Oil. Oh wow! On, on their very last tour that they did before they called it quits. Yeah. Done re, redone, but yeah. It was it, so we went on first, and it was Diesel, and then it was Midnight Oil. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good run, but yeah. but touring in that was was at at the time we um uh we didn't our manager had left, <laughs> so, okay. so we were self managing, and my my thing was to I think I was doing 
I was doing a bit, a fair bit of it, and I, yeah. you know, I was trying to work out logistics, book vans, and you know, do all that sort of stuff. And right, and um, I remember um, do it, doing the midnight oil run, and, and you know, coming up with the figures and asking the record company for money, you know, to to <laughs> to, to, to support and all that. Sure, and um, and um, we got we got some, but I had to put it to the band saying at each venue. You know, because it was a midnight all run, it was still kind of eighties vibe. You know, right. so so crew were kind of eighties vibe as well. So yes. so you have to supply two two loaders for the PA. Huh. And we're like, well, that's going to take all our budget. We're not going to be able to stay anywhere or have accommodation. So we had to draw, or we'd we'd have to pick two members of the band to load. To load. So we 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 would do our show the stuff for midnight oil show. Midnight Oil's show, yeah. Oh my so we, god. We would. <laughs> That's insane. And this is this is um, early two thousands. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten the pay for the gig. We wouldn't have got paid if you didn't do that extra gig. No, and 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 so so we would do the show, and then the two members that were selected had to stay all through Diesel, all through Midnight Oil, and load, then come back to the hotel, sleep, and get up really early to drive to the next gig. Oh man! I thought those days were over. <laughs> that's insane. But that's how we used to have to do it, and th- until but until you were on the tour with those guys, so you're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah, and we got we got um, all our stuff got stolen. It was it was a terrible. We we were staying in Newtown. Yeah, and in Sydney, in Sydney, and the only place that was affordable for us to stay was a backpackers. Yeah, I've stayed at many. And and so there was six of us in bunk beds in one room. Yes. And um and just a guy just walked in. We were all asleep. He just walked in and took everything. Oh my! So you had the gear up in the no, not not music gear. Sorry, all our, our mobile phones, our wallets, oh, everything, all, all that, that kind all of that shit. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, a pair of jeans, <laughs> Man. Ricky's jeans. Yeah, so I'm staying at a backpackers next week. I better freaking lock the door. <laughs> well, that's all that happened. It was it came in from the balcony door, and um, okay, and so we just didn't lock it because you don't think you know it was like oh, we dude. were up high. He obviously climbed the tree. Yeah, checked all the doors, whichever one. Only I can't believe because bunk beds and there's only a narrow passageway between yeah. the bunk beds to get to where all our stuff. How is. the hell no one woke up? I know. Well, I had head, I had earplugs in because you know I'm a light sleeper and snorers get to me, so I had ear, I had earplugs in. Got the earplugs in. Mm. I'll take that tip. Yeah. Oh man. But lo- you think when you've got like a a, cover, a a support act with two big acts like that, it's gonna, you're going to be like part of their entourage. Like you're going to get on the no. the same transport, the, the same accommodation. Nah, no. you are essentially touring yourself and getting to play at that same show yeah but other than that you've got to look after everything else yourself yeah wow yeah, it was it was a hard tour but it was it was a good i, I did enjoy doing it but it oh, was hard yeah but it was but, and we hard. did a lot of we got a lot of fans out of it not that it mattered because we broke up time. soon after but yeah, yeah we didn't know we were going to break up soon after but no but we got so you were setting yourself up yeah and the <laughs> funny thing was we we just i think it was there was Myself and someone, uh, and uh, might have been Andy or someone, and we were sitting outside after after loading all the gear, and you know, just going, oh, you know, and people, or well, not load, it was during the loading, and people who were at the gig came out and say, "Oh, you guys were good. Keep at it. You'll get it somewhere one day." <laughs> 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 oh my god, I want to die now. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, great. At least 
If, oh. if all I took from that was you guys yeah. were good, yeah, that would have been a, that would have been it. But just to get somewhere, to get somewhere someday. one day. Yeah. And look, it's one of those compliments. They don't know what they're saying. Absolutely, they think they're being nice. Yeah, but as a muser, you're like, man, you, that's really rough. Yeah, like we, we did this show um, with Thirsty Merc last year. Yeah. Um, because I I met Ray in the airport. Um, just bumped into him and, and introduced myself, told him I played in a band and, and he was kind enough to put us on the bill for a, a run of dates um, in Melbourne. And so we played the York in, at Lilydale and we had all our merch set up and, and you know, obviously they were playing um, after us and, and we were there, you know, trying to, you know, sell our wares. And, and this um, couple came up to us and said, oh man, I've never heard of you guys. Well, you guys are great. <laughs> You've never heard of us, but we're great. Yeah, that makes me feel fantastic. Well, I mean, it's it's a compliment, but but you know, and yeah, it's like a sandwich compliment. Yeah, that they it didn't is. Mean. <laughs> well, you know, but yeah, man, it's all it's one it of those is what things, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But what happened with that band, as I was getting to, was yeah. the record company folded. Yeah, or it didn't fold. They sold to someone else. BMG or Sony, Sony, I think Sony BMG at the time. Yes. And um, they didn't want to have a bar of us, so they dropped us. Yep. Then um, uh, I think Shock, were Shock interested. Shock, they were interested in us. Yeah. But Andy decided to leave, and we just thought, well, there's no point continuing if if Andy's there's no Andy if there's no Andy here. So so we just we we did one last show, and I think we filmed it, we recorded it, and yeah. um, that was it. And that was it, man. That was it. And you know what happened then? Electric Mary happened then. Yes. And and thus the next chapter. The next chapter, which which was quite bizarre because Mr. Brown, which is Rusty from Electric Mary, he, mm. he and Venom as well. Mm. They they had they were Mr. Brown and and um Rusty said to me, he said, "What are you doing after this?" because he was at the the last sneak gig and he said, "What are you doing after this?" And I said, "No idea. I don't know." And he said, "Well, um I've, we're doing the because there was the Reggie Bowman benefit gig, which because his studio burnt burnt and I, down. Yeah, yeah. And we we'd done our last show, but we did one more show just to it wasn't the last, but just it, it was the benefit gig just yeah. to just to play there. So and and Rusty was playing there with his new band, which weren't called Electric Mary at the time. They were called Tappet Clearance. <laughs> they were called what? Tappet Clearance. Tappet Clearance. Yeah. Okay. Which is a car thing, but it can be taken a different way. All right. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's the it's the gap between Oh, like a um a thigh gap. A thigh gap. Right. That's that's another term for it, the tapper clearance. Oh but, right, there you go. It, that didn't last long. It was just a name he was using for that. But he was playing all these songs off so he said, Come and watch you know, after you finished your show, we're on, we're on the on there as well. Just just sit, tell me what you think. And at, at yeah. the time in that band was Rusty was Rusty was singing. Mm. Uh, Andy MacGyver was playing bass. Okay. Venom was drums. Jack Jones and uh, Patch Patch Brown, who was also in Mr. Brown. So that was that was that band playing. I think they only played for like um, twenty minutes or something. Just played five songs. Yeah. And I I thought, wow, that sounds pretty good. And then um, mm. he said, let's let's meet up. We met up at the at a pub and. Um, and he just he gave me a CD and I listened to it and yeah. we we pretty much actually we just talked about uh, bands and stuff that we liked and you know the sure. thing and the bands we had in common was like because we'd never spoken 
properly before, you know, about yeah, stuff. And we yeah. just had a lot in common, you know, especially the especially the English bands, you know. Um, for me, it was also always Status Quo and Black Sabbath and The Sweet and all that. And he, yeah. he, he was more the, the Deep Purple, the Led Zeppelins and, and, and that era. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that's... Um, and then he gave me the CD, and I, I, I listened to it, and I, I just went, "Wow, yeah, this is incredible! I got to be cool. in this band." Because I just, he, the, what he said, he just said, "Do you, do you, I want to be in a band that that plays music like I'm, I'm 15, like I used to want to do when I was 15, 15. years old." And yeah. and I just said, "Well, that's perfect. You know, forget." trying to be famous forget everything yeah. just play the music and write the music that you wanted to play and and, yeah. and do you know pl bring out the guitar solos bring out the big screaming you know the riffs and everything 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 that you've ever wanted to do when you were a kid but you just couldn't because yeah. you know because it wasn't like cool yeah. at that time no it wasn't yeah. so 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 that's what he said and and i just went and well, i remember him saying that on the mic yeah he would say that on the mic in those early gigs yeah and that's and that's exactly what you were delivering, man. Yeah, well, and that's because that's what we wanted to do, and we yeah. had no, there was no preconceived thing about you know we've got to play it properly because it's uh, you know it's it's we 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 you know we we want to be famous, we want to make it make a living. No. it was just for fun. We were just doing it for fun for the fun. <clears throat> and we used to play um, early days. We just used to play the Perseverance. Um, just acoustic, just yeah. Rusty. It was usually Rusty and myself. Yeah. And then, um, and Venom, Venom was there most of the time. Mm. Andy MacGyver was still playing bass. Mm. He, um, but he was the front of house guy as well. So he's playing bass from the front of house. <laughs> and, um, and every now and then Jack would come down and have a play as well. But we got a massive following just from doing that gig. Yeah. And it was just acoustic. And it was great. And then we used to play at, uh, that other place on Chapel Street. Um, it's not there anymore. It's a pizza shop. Oh. I didn't uh, even know there was a live venue in Chapel Street. Uh, was it Chapel Street? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, corner of Chapel and High Street. Oh, right. Uh, but the, I've still got a photo of it. Yeah. It was the very first time we sold out a venue. <laughs> and oh, it said sick. It said sold out on the front door. Dude, that must have been a great feeling. Though. Oh, it was awesome. Because we'd done yeah. that gig a few times before and this one just was sold out. And yeah. They couldn't, no, they couldn't sell anymore. It was only small. It wasn't a big venue. But, but still, man. Yeah. It was good. I can't remember the venue though. Yeah, anyway, it's wow. not there. I mean, so many venues have closed down and opened up in our time. You know, like yeah, it's hard to remember. But um, and so because you guys did like four hands high. Yeah, that was the that was that was uh, some of that. Well, actually, most a lot of that music on there was already written. That was the stuff I, I he gave me to yes. listen to. But it was all he. I played on that record, but but it but it was um, the stuff he gave me was just demos that he'd done of at his that. house. Yeah, right. So it and was all rusty. Put your flavour on it. Yeah, and Jack then played on it as well, and mm. and uh, Venom always played the, he yeah on the demos. Venom always played the drums anyway. Yeah, yeah, and then um, we come to the definition of insanity EP in two thousand and five. Yep. Yeah, that was um, well, that was that was an interesting one. Was it? I can't remember, actually. <laughs> I remember the song Let Me Out came... That was on that one. Let Me Out, One in a Million. One in a Million, yeah. Um, one Foot in the Grave as well was on it. Ain't going down oh, yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah. And, uh, well, Let Me Out was an interesting one because that was written 
because um, a lot of the times R- Rusty would just write the write a riff and mm. pretty much write most of the song, and then we'd just play it and see what happens after that. But let yeah. me out, let me out was written in the rehearsal room. We j- we just, um, huh? I think it was. Um, it's like gung, 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 yeah. Gung, gung, yeah. So, yeah. It, sorry, going back to four hands high though. That's when we had um, the, the the band was um, was with Andy MacGyver playing bass. Right. Then I remember doing the Perseverance gigs, acoustic gigs, and Neilo, who was Neil Fagan, the guy that that said to me. Um, you know, said to Andy, "You need to get this guy, guy you know, yeah. and, and sneak." And that's how I got into sneak. Well, Neilo used to come to that gig as well, and he to said, purse, yes. "He said to me, I got to be in your band. I've got to be in your." And he, I remember him saying it to me, and he said, "How do I? How do I get into your band?" Yeah. And um, I just said, "Well, you know, Andy plays in the band, but you know, I'll, I can let you know if." And he said, "Okay, okay, okay." And anyway, then Andy was in Taxi Ride. Oh right! And so they were about to do a big tour over in, and he, he left. So yeah, um, I th- I can't remember how how it came about, but I just said I just said Nilo's available. You know, let's yeah. try try Nilo out, and um, it was such a great fit. <laughs> he yeah. was just so good in that band. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that was when we did the White Snake support. So that was Nilo playing bass. Ah yes, because you you supported them at Rod Laver Arena. No, it was. Uh, it was Metro, the old Metro, which ended up being called the Palace. Oh, yeah, the Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on Burke Street. On Burke Street. Yeah. Oh, you got to play the old Metro, man. Yeah. But oh, it's one of my favourite venues of all time, and now it's friggin' apartments or something. It's shit. apartments, yeah. I am so pissed well, off I used to the play Melbourne. The, I used to play there with Andy doing a duo in the middle bar. What? Oh, yeah, up the top. Uh, no, not, not the top. That was, that was the top bar. There was the middle one. And then there was the the big one, the big big one oh, down the bottom. there was one in the middle as well. Yeah, which a band called Supernova used to play there. Do you remember? Okay. And um, they were we used to go on before Supernova, so we play that that bar. Is this like goo, like on a Thursday night? I th- I'm not. No, um, we used to play. Was it a Thursday? I can't remember what night we used to play there. Oh, maybe it was a Saturday. It or could something. have been. It could have been goo. I'm not sure. I don't yeah. know. But we used to just do the duo before Supernova went on. Right. Right. <laughs> so I got to play it when it was the Metro, and then I got to play it when it was the Palace. Palace as well. The big stage down the bottom, which was great, with no no other la- levels. It was just a venue. Yeah, it was just a venue. Yeah, yeah. With um, White Snake. With White Snake, yeah. That would have been a, a crazy night. Did you get to party with those lads? No, but what happened with them was um, the keyboard player. Um, he he liked he. I mean, the whole band loved us. You know, the, mm. the, the, uh, I don't know if David Coverdale was there, but but I remember seeing a few of them standing side of stage watching us. You know, yes. and because they they'd never heard of us either. So, and um, Timothy Drury, the keyboard player at the time, he he just loved it. Yes. Loved it, and he he we got we got to know him, and through through the joys of social media, you know, you can keep in contact with these people, and so. Sure. So I got to, um, I got to, well, Rusty mainly got stay, staying talking to him, and because Rusty loves White Snake, loves David Coverdale, so so for mm. him it was it was great, and now uh, and he kept talking to him, and and he just said, you know, if anything comes up in Europe or or anywhere when you're touring, if you need a band to come and tour with you, so anyway, there just happened to be one gig in France that White Snake and and Timothy just said, well, if you guys can come over, you've got the support, and so so. Um, we organised a little tour. It was our very first 
to uh, 2009 this was. Wow. Um, um, our very first trip to, to Europe. To Europe, yeah. And um, it was only two weeks and one of the shows was supporting Whitesnake yeah. in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And, and I remember um, we were all standing backstage and, and you just hear Lord Coverdale in the, under, in the other room going, Timothy, are you responsible for this band supporting us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Timothy goes, yes, I am. Yeah, right. But Timothy was great because we we ended up uh, we did some uh, some US dates. Wow. And um and he put us up in his house. Oh wow. We, and he put, what a he, sweetheart. He was so nice. And he's, yeah. I mean, he still is a lovely guy. He's not with White Snake anymore, but he he does a lot of other things now. Yeah. And um. Yeah, he had like a like a Californian type of a, you know, this bungalow thing where yeah. the pool was there and every, all the houses around it. And, yes, like uh, a pool house. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. And he had, you know, there was a room. I had a room that was not joined to the house. It was out near the pool. And, yeah. And it had a massive bed in it and a bathroom. Oh, it was man. such a great place and such a nice guy to do that for us. He was in San Jose. Yeah. So, you know... Who would have thought a twenty-something-year-old's Pete having to drop, get get a lift in the back of a, of a truck all the way up to Darwin? Yeah. You know, however many years later we'd get to uh, hang out um, in the pool house uh, uh, with uh, the keyboard player White Snake. I know, Unbelievable. and and also you know the, um, just all the other guy. You know, one of my biggest biggest thrills. Mm. Of, of doing playing music was um uh it was a f- about 2014 i played on uh, i think it was 14 or 15 one of those uh, i got i played on a cruise ship uh, uh, called rock the boat oh really which i'm doing again this year oh but, cool but, um and and the headlining band of that of that thing was the sweet which was one of my biggest oh you would have freaking out I'm like wow this is awesome yeah. i didn't think uh, that i'd meet any of them i didn't think anything because you don't know no but on that cruise i was playing with you know i was playing with a lot of other important people you know i was playing at the time when he was still alive i was playing with john english and Mm. um i played with daryl braithwaite vicky o'keefe which is johnny o'keefe's daughter um russell morris and brian cad yeah so so all those all those older you know the the classics type of type of thing so so it was good it was good for me to do and you know and And that was on the the cruise on the cruise they were all booked on the same bill yeah so that that, that's what these things are the rock the boats there's a lot of there's a lot of different bands on there so this year that's coming up foreigner and the romantics are the headlining bands and then russell morris and and yeah and i've got my own band on there um and so on this cruise on this this the the one that the suite were on yeah um we 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 get in on, onto the onto the ship and we we go up to the bar on the top top level because that's where all the artists can go and just hang out and yeah. and um and up up <laughs> up in the lift comes Andy Scott guitar player from the Suite only original member yes and and they're on the cruise for the whole time because most of them fly into Vanuatu and then get jump on the cruise ship there and then then you know take it back to Australia and then do ah. a little tour here but they were on they came on in Sydney and right. so they were there for the whole trip the which whole was trip. great yeah and um so he he um saw Brian I think he's met Brian before and he came over and started to and he so Brian Cad sitting there Russell sitting and and Andy Scott sitting there and I'm just I'm just sitting there going, wow, it's Andy Scott from the suite. <laughs> you're like <laughs> you know, freaking out. Oh, here's this you know this old man and and anyway, so so he, uh, I just went fuck fuck it. I'm just going to go and talk to him. Yeah, man. So I just went over and I said, "Hi, Andy. You have no idea what an influence you've had on me." Yeah. And um and you know he was the reason I 
grew my hair long, play a three three five. He's all he's all that sort all of, these things all for these you. things. So so, um, so he said. We'll get up and play a song with us. Oh, I'm like, dude. serious? <laughs> he never heard me play. <laughs> I could have been a shit, you know. But but anyway, I, he said, um, "Yeah, just do the encore with us. We do ballroom blitz." And I went, "Okay, <laughs> all right, I'll do that." That's insane. And so um, they set my set my gear up and on, yeah. on that side of the stage. So they they do two shows, and I played on both of them. Oh my god! And um. Uh, I went to sound check and we we rehearsed the song and then um and and then it came to the gig and they're are you ready you know all that sort of thing happened yeah and just as all that's going on he go, he just said to me you start it and I went, <laughs> 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 so um well all right fellas well let's go and I went and I remember this not a word of a lie yeah Andy Scott looked at his guitar tech and said make my guitar sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, a win for peace. Yeah, it was. Oh my god! So uh, I was. That was the most thrilling gig of my life, dude. That's insane. Yeah. Oh wow. And you know what? What's even better? Him and I have kept in contact ever since. Yeah. On e- on email. Yeah. And I said to him because later that year, Electric Mary were going to England mm-hmm. and and Europe, and I told him about Electric Mary and what we were doing, and and he said, yeah. well. Send me your English dates. I'll see if I can get to a, get to a show. Yeah. So I sent him all the dates, and he said he emailed back, and he said I'm coming to that one. Yeah. So he picked a date. It was two hours from where he lived. Wow. He drove there. He booked into a hotel. Yeah. He took me out to the to his local pub because he's played there before. Yeah. He took me. Um, he came to sound check. Yeah. Came, came to the sound check, and then he just said, "What are you doing now?" And I said, "Oh." I'm just hanging here, and he said, "Can't I'll take you to the pub." Yeah. So we went. We went to a pub. Him and I, and had a had a had pints. <laughs> it was so good <laughs> before the gig. Before the gig, yeah, yeah. But just to you know, I'm sitting in a local pub in England. Yes, with Andy Scott from the Suite. It was, you know, I mean, it, a lot of people probably don't know anything about the Suite, but yeah, to me, it was a big influence, and it's just a big thrill to. Have but, I mean, been done. They've I done guess that. most people will probably know like the cover of Ballroom Blitz that was on the movie Wayne's World. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but uh, oh man, to meet your idol like that and have those experiences, and then to be for him to drive to your show. Well, and and you know insane. when you when you meet your the people you've idolised and they're nice guys as well, right. that makes it so much better. You know, if they're oh, if they're yeah. not nice, it kind of destroys yeah man. everything for you. You know, yeah, that's. That that's all always a, a cool thing when they are when they are rad yeah. people you yeah. know in person as well as well as being you know a really amazing musician. Mm. That's that's the double the double double header right there. Yeah. Um. So the rock the boat this year is that Mary? No, it's just uh, I I I play. Um, well, I probably should. What happened while when I first joined Electric Mary? Yeah, Andy MacGyver was with. Um, sorry, you asked a question that I'm not really answering. Aren't? That's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, um, Andy MacGyver was the bass player in in, um, in Electric Mary at the time. Okay, who ended up going off with Taxi Ride? Well, he also played with a guy called Russell Morris. Okay, and so he said Russell's. This was just after probably a year after I was in in Electric Mary. He said to me. Um, Russell's looking for a guitar player, so he said, mm. "Would you be interested?" So I auditioned for for Russ and got that gig. So so I've been playing with a touring and playing with a guy called Russell Morris for about thirteen years right. as well. So that's how I got. That's who I would play with on Rock the Boat, and that's who's on this year. Um, 
I'm also playing with um, a couple of cover, cover bands as well. Yeah, right. Just to make ends meet, you know. Yeah, because you're a full-time muso. Yeah. Don't have a day gig anymore. No. Don't have to make the, the, the guitar cases anymore. I'd like to be doing that because <laughs> music doesn't really pay everything. Yeah, yeah. Know. And before we do finish up, I, I wanted to ask, um, do you have a family? Um, I'm s- um, No. Well, I do. But not with no, <laughs> no kids. Never. I've got kids. Yeah. Oh, you do have kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, that yeah. was with a. I've been. Yeah. Previous marriage. Prove ma- previous marriage. Yeah. And two, there's two of them. Two. Yeah. Two previous marriages. I don't think you're a real muso unless you've had two marriages under your belt. <laughs> See, before, <laughs> before we put on the the cans and you know you might hear this at the end um, if there's a, a time for a. a, a uh, uh, an Easter egg of this episode, but I mentioned to Pete, you know, oh, you know, if you haven't seen Blues Brothers, you're not a real muso, and he, he starts looking at me with this funny face. I think it would be a little bit better if you haven't seen Blues Brothers than than having two failed marriages. Be yeah. calling yourself a muso. I know. Oh my anyway. goodness. Um, the choices. Yeah. So, just, how old are your kids, man? Uh, I've got one son. He's thirty. Yeah, right. Yeah. And what does he do? He's he's in IT. He actually used to play guitar. Uh, yeah. But 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 what that's another that's a, a a story. But but there was a long time where I hadn't didn't have contact with him because oh, just wow. just through circumstances. Right. So um yeah, so but you know, we've we've reconnected and and um oh, cool. and during that time I found out that he'd been playing guitar and yeah. you know, this is when he uh, yeah, when he turned, he was thirteen, I think, at the time. Okay, and he said, "Oh, come on, yeah, I'll show you my guitar and stuff." And yeah. he knew what I did, so so, yeah. and he's playing guitar, and I'm like, "Wow, you're just like me." That's fantastic. He was just playing how I would have, you know, used to used to play, play. when I was thirteen. Yeah, so it was yeah. quite amazing to see that I hadn't shown him anything. I hadn't been there for him. Yeah, but he'd figured Unfortunately, it out. I, I wanted to, but I yeah, wasn't. and um. And yeah, so he figured it out. But now he's not really playing much anymore. He's mm. he's um he's in he's in IT. He does. He's in IT. Of, he's picked the right. The, yeah, he's got the a, right field. He's going to have a roof over his head. Now. Yeah. Well, he owns a house with his wife. And yeah, yeah. So, there yeah. you go. And so, um, uh, before we do finish up, there was one yep. last thing, and that is uh, at the start of the podcast, I usually play a little bit of music of. The um the guest yep um just so that the listeners um uh, have some context about who they're about to you know spend the next hour or so within their headphones. Is there any song that you would like played um before your interview? I mean, I've got one. I'd love to, I'd love to play a little snippet of, but that's only because it's my favorite favorite Mary track, and I love the riff. Well, just play that. That's, just play that. Yeah, Can I play fine. "Let Me Out"? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. We're gonna get a little bit of "Let Me Out" at the start of the podcast. If if people don't know who I am and want to hear how I play, play the solo. <laughs> play the solo. <laughs> but I'll you're just not playing it... the riff because who plays no, the main riff? Uh, no, we, I, I play the riff as well. But, oh, okay. but but just just but the solo in "Let Me Out" is you. It's not mine. Jack. It's not Jack. But but okay, just let I'll let me that. tell you the story about that solo. Though. Yeah, we'll finish on that, man. Because because what happened was we it came to solo time and and I don't think Jack was in the studio at the time. So and it, it was solo time. So Rusty just said to me. 
um, okay, you do a solo. So so I, I just kind of, I was playing stuff. It was kind of, I hadn't played fast stuff for a long time, you know. Yeah. At home I have, but, you know, you never go out with it because it's, you know, it's not cool anymore. So, sure, sure. So, um, so Rusty just said, I started playing all this stuff and he said, yeah, no, it's all right. He said, just play as fast as you can. <laughs> so I did, and that's what they used. That's what they used. Yeah. There you go. Well, we'll get to hear that um, before this um before this interview, man. Pete, it's been so awesome catching up with oh, you. Thank you. It's been uh, a pleasure doing it. Yeah, man, having a chat. And um, I guess, uh, yeah, we touched on um, the bands that you're playing in. So if, if people want to go and see you, they can see you playing with Russell Morris. Yep. He's got all the socials, obviously. Yep. Um, and Mary is, as well. Yeah, we, we won't be doing anything till next year. There's, next we, year? We, okay. we do. We have... Uh, uh, just finished an album, which okay. is due for release. I'd say it will be early next year. Cool. And uh, so we'll be touring with that at some point. Beautiful. Um, uh, there's a few other things coming up, but I'm on social media too, so you can have a look at that. Yeah, well, we'll tag you up on, on the socials for the promotion uh, of this episode. I'd better update a few things then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with all that stuff. Now, nah, look, you know, man, I, I'm only good at it because it's a necessity. If I want you know, anyone to even listen to this, I need to promote it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good on you, mate. Thanks again for coming in, no and um, we'll see you on the road. Yes, you will. See Thank you, bro. you, everyone. No worries, mate. Cheers. And that's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, uh, please stick around. If this is the first episode you've ever heard of The Art of Touring, you've, you've come because you've liked, you know, Pete Robbins, and you're like, oh, I want to check out that podcast with Pete. And this is the very first episode you've, you've heard of The Art of Touring. I'd love to have you as a future listener, man. Keep listening. I'm going to have, you know, a bunch of different artists coming up. Check out the backlog even and have a look at the 21 other guests I've had in the past. It'd be great to um to have you as, as a listener of Art of Touring. Um, thank you for listening to this specific episode of Art of Touring. If you'd like to give the podcast a share on social media, then you can use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring on insta also go out go out and check out my band sorry it's getting a bit late now uh check out the band smokestack rhino who are featured in this podcast every single week our opening and closing theme is a song called screwdriver girls and you can check out the whole tune on itunes and you can follow the band on instagram facebook soundcloud all of them soundcloud <laughs> bandcamp twitter even our very own website www.smokestackrhino.com to keep up to date with our gigs, though, give us a like on the book face. If you'd like to get in contact with me, give us an email at artofturingpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show. You can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka, and you can download it on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes of the podcast, give uh, the podcast a rating within the podcast app on your phone. That would be rad. 
That's all for this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for this show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Pete Robinson. Head on over to the Facebook and Instagram pages for Electric Mary and Russell Morris to see all of his touring dates. Now, let's get into some plugs. My band, Smokestack Rhino, are touring for the release of the song Candanga Bitter. We're heading to Greaser in Brisbane on Friday, September 21st. That's the first date of the tour. Uh, the following night, we're at Moe's Desert Clubhouse in Brisbane also. And then we finish that weekend of epic shows of our with our return to the Mitchell Creek Rock and Blues Festival on Sunday the 23rd. Of September. The next week, however, we're back on the road. Thursday, the 27th of September, we'll be at Frankie's Pizza by the Slice in Sydney and then finishing that tour with the Longview Farm Party on Saturday, the 29th. We're getting to play with the choir boys. I'm so excited. Run to paradise, baby. You can download our single on Wednesday, the 19th of September. So in two days' time, you can download our new single, Candanga Bitter, on iTunes, and you can stream it on Spotify. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with the Sith Dog. Ow, ow, ow! Woo! Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Recall, where all your holiday memories will be as real as the air on Mars. Hello. Hello. I believe that is recording now. Recording. Um, can you hear me and can you hear yourself? I can and I can. Beautiful. Um, and you're all good for a drink? I am. And I've, yes. I've got my silly... Um, Workout bottle. <laughs> That's a definite drink bottle. In hand, yeah. It is 2.2 litres, and it's got a multitude of Star Wars stickers all over it. I take it this Star Wars is a favourite? Yes. Right. Most definitely. I've never watched uh, Well, no, I, use, I watched the 70s one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> a New Hope, the first film. The yeah. Episode 4. Is that what it was called? Well, I mean, it was called Star Wars when See, it came yeah, out. Yeah, when I when Lucas was like, it's actually, you know, when I knew it, it was just called Star Wars. Yeah, that was yeah. it. There was and no episode. No, and then Empire Strikes Back. I never. Well, I watched it, but I yeah no. Because that was nineteen eighty. Yeah, no. And then eighty three, Return of the Jedi. No, no idea. No. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it, but I, it, it didn't. I didn't take it in. You didn't take it in. <laughs> Not a sci fi fan, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I do. I no. No, <laughs> uh, but but not. No, I'm gonna. Star Wars. It was all right. The first one. I loved the first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was basically it had never been done before. No, it was very uh, very well done. Yeah. So I do this little bit of banter at the start, just to check the levels of the mic. Obviously, make sure it's all recording. And am I okay? I reckon it sounds pretty good. Um, good. And then I might use it as a little Easter egg at the end of the podcast, you know, if there's any funny moments. <laughs> I might be stitching you up that, and, you know, people not realising that you're a muso and you've only seen one Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, look, you've seen Blues Brothers, surely. Yep. <laughs> He's looking at me with this blank stare. <laughs> no, <laughs> because if you... If you I have seen it, but it was a long time ago, and you may, you know, you'll 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 come up with little things and say things, and I'll go, I'll still look at you with this blank look because I don't remember. <laughs> wow. Well, they're, prob- they're probably films I should go back and watch. Yes. Yeah, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, but have you know? I'm not very good with remembering things from movies unless I watch them a lot. A few times. Or, yeah, you know, right. Quite a few. But ask me anything about a Monty Python movie and I'll name everything. There you go. Yeah. Right anything. on. I, it's funny you mentioned that because um, on the Netflix, uh, Faulty Towers came up on oh, yeah. the stream the other day. Yeah. And it was something I saw as a kid, but I was just too young to get the humor. Like, I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was on ABC, maybe after school or whatever. And then, I so yeah, I threw it on the other about two months ago. And as an adult, I I was in stitches. It was so. It's <laughs> very funny. That took that took my, that was Monty Python taken to a different level. Yeah, right. It was really, yeah. So I really now did that, like that I like that, I'm, I might go back and watch all the the, the movies and all that. Well, well, the the what I found with Monty Python was because as a kid, I watched. I, I had records of Monty Python. There was yeah. this record called Matching Tie and Handkerchief, and it had. It was the first time a vinyl record had three sides. And so you played once. You played side A. Yeah. Then you turned it over, played side B, and you turned it over and played side A again, and play a completely different thing because it had it had two grooves. You had to catch the groove of of the second, the third album, the third side. That's insane. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It had never. So where would you have to drop the needle? Well, well, you have to. You have to. You put it on. Oh, so and you it, would see a little thicker groove that, and or well, whatever. Well, well, I can't remember. I'll have to. Look, I don't have this record anymore. Yeah, but, yeah. But you used to, <laughs> people were probably thinking I'm on drugs, <laughs> and and so I I um I would you would play side one, yeah, and then play it again, and it plays something completely different. different. Wow, man. Well, I want that record now. Just so that I can because, and and, check and that I, out. I'm sure that it started with the classic Monty Python's line. Now for something completely Be different. different. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. So that's matching tie and handkerchief. Matching tie and handkerchief. Yeah, it was that a, was the name of the record. White album, and it had a matching tie, tie and, handkerchief. and handkerchief on the front. There you mm-hmm. go. Funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's good.